He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. Here's what Keith Butler just got done saying about Steelers cornerback Joe Hayden. He looks good to me. I told him that the other day. Really what's going to happen is how does he feel tomorrow? That's going to be the biggest thing. End quote. Let's go, baby! Give me some Joe Hayden up in here! You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. I couldn't sleep last night. Had some bizarre sexual dreams, but I couldn't sleep for other reasons. And the biggest reason to me, Steelers Pats. I can't remember the last time I was this fired up for a football game. Maybe last year at the AFC Championship. But I kept weaving in and out of sexual dreams and dreams about Tom Brady. I don't know what's going on there. But that's what happened. And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that I don't lie. The number one virtue of the Crowley Show is transparency. And man, I've got some arousal because of this football game. Oh, yeah. Can't remember the last time I felt like this. And I feel like it's palpable throughout the town. The Pirates are up to some stuff or not, but that's a talking point. The Penguins are playing... The Vegas Golden Knights tonight, and we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program, but that's not a huge deal. The huge deal is this. Steelers, Pats, 425, Sunday, Heinz Field. I've already seen a number of tweets that say, watch out for counterfeit tickets. There's going to be like 85,000 people at Heinz Field. It only holds 68, but there's going to be a way that 85 show up. It's going to be like the World Series game where Bill Mazeroski hit the home run, where everyone you know who's above 75 says they were there, even though there's no mathematical way that that's actually true. It's a hot ticket. The upper deck seats are going for 500 bucks right now. I'm poor, but I get in for free. You probably don't. I asked this question on Twitter today. Where do you rank Mike Tomlin amongst the current NFL head coaches? I ask this because the Steelers haven't had much success against New England with Mike Tomlin. The team's 2-5 and in his tenure. And he seems to get all the flack when they don't beat the Patriots. He seems to get bitch-slapped by the media and by the fans alike. And I don't get it. I think Tomlin's a top-five coach, and maybe he's the next best in the league behind Belichick. It's tough to quantify. It's tough to discuss it's tough to analyze but I don't know who I'd rather have than him except for Bill Belichick when you lose to the greatest of all time are you supposed to fire the guy when you lose to the greatest of all time are you supposed to drag him through the mud when you lose to the greatest of all time you're supposed to drag Mike Tomlin through the streets and tar and feather him a lot of great players and a lot of great coaches have fallen victim to that team And last year's defeat seemed to fall 100% on Mike Tomlin after the game was over. All I heard is that Tomlin didn't play enough man, and his team got torched, and why didn't the Steelers come forth with a better X's and O's game plan? 
This is sick. This is probably one of the reasons why I couldn't fall asleep last night or remain asleep last night. But I watched the game back, the 2016 AFC Championship game, last night and this morning. No joke. You can find it on YouTube. There were many times that the Steelers blitzed up the middle and it got picked up by New England. Everyone in that game said coming in, get pressure up the middle. Houston got pressure up the middle. Get pressure up the middle. If Houston can do it, you can do it. So the Steelers tried to replicate that game plan. They tried to get pressure to Tom Brady through the middle of the offensive line. And you know what happened? The Patriots adjusted from getting exposed the week before, and they blocked what the Steelers were doing. There was very rarely any pressure on Brady. The one sack that was allowed was Javon Hargrave, who did get up the middle. And that was early in the game, when the game was still close. Here's what happened last year. The Patriots played a good game, and the Steelers didn't. Was it a game plan issue? I don't think so. Now, I know most of you out there disagree with me. But Sammy Coates dropping a ball on third and one isn't a game plan issue. Kobe Hamilton dropping a ball in the end zone isn't a game plan issue. Anytime the Steelers this year have thrown the ball inside the five-yard line, all you fans do is bitch and moan that they should run the ball. Well, they ran the ball last year when they were down at the one-yard line and had an opportunity to make a game of it, and they got stuffed on first down, they got stuffed on second down, so bad that they were back five yards, and then they had to throw on third down. Is that a game plan issue, or is that an execution issue? If you can't get a yard, you're not better than them. Both on third and one or first down at the one-yard line. That's execution. That's not game plan, in my mind. But it all fell at the feet of Mike Tomlin. Why the Steelers not play more man? Because the Steelers didn't have the personnel to play man, jackass. Everyone who plays Madden thinks, oh, you just bring the corners up, and all of a sudden Tom Brady can't play football anymore. Yo, that ain't the way it works. It's not. But it's easy to second-guess after the fact. The issue was the possession downs the Steelers didn't execute. And the Patriots did a really good job of picking up the Steelers' pressure. There were times where Tom Brady was standing back in the pocket for four seconds, five seconds, six seconds, and then he found a white guy in the back of the end zone. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You give Tom Brady that much time, he's going to find an open man whether you play man or zone. You've got to get pressure. I think Mike Tomlin's a top five coach in this league. All I've heard is Tomlin didn't do enough to beat the Patriots last year, and the team didn't, and he definitely shares some blame in that. But having watched the game again for now the fourth time, mm-mm. you got to get pressure or you're going to get toasted no matter what you do on the back end. And they didn't have the bodies last year. No Cam Hayward. Stefan Tuitt was a shell of himself. All the time in the world. Steelers couldn't get pressure. Is that out coaching? It's certainly out executing. The reason that I ask this beyond that is because a good buddy of mine is a Patriots fan, and he texted me last night and he said he doesn't know if he's sold on Tomlin yet. Man, if you ain't sold now, you're never going to be sold. He's ninth all time. All time in winning percentage for coaches who have coached 10 or more seasons. Cower, with Cower's players, had a 623 winning percentage. Mike Tomlin has a 659 winning percentage. 
Mike Tomlin's taken the Steelers to the playoffs in eight out of 11 seasons. He's won the AFC North in seven out of 11 seasons. He's won a Super Bowl, and he's gone to another. I think he's the perfect coach for the modern-day player. His players respect him, and he also gives them room to breathe. He's always near the top or at the top of those lists asking players who they'd want to play for. In 2013, the team started 2-6, and six, and Mike Tomlin was able to hold them together to get them to 8-8. Eight and eight. They were a missed field goal away from making the playoffs, which would have made it 9 out of 11 seasons for Mike Tomlin. This year, the team has the best record in the National Football League, despite, I'm going to say it, poor quarterback play at the beginning of the year and all kinds of distractions in the first half of the season. Now, some will argue that those distractions are because Mike Tomlin gives the players too long a leash. I think you have to in today's day and age. And what are you going to do? Bring in talent and then ship it on out whenever they don't behave properly? You can do that when you've got Tom Brady. You can't do that when you've got Ben Roethlisberger. Ben ain't Brady. Everyone always credits the Patriots for being able to get rid of a cancer, even if that cancer's talented, because they still win afterwards. You know why they still win afterwards? Because they got Tom freaking Brady. Consider what Mike Tomlin's done as head coach and consider his path to this point. When Tomlin came in, there was a franchise quarterback and a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. That sounds easy, right? You've got a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. That sets you up in a pretty good position to win, right? Well, you come in and you really can't change anything. There may have been some things he wanted to change on offense, but why? You've got Ben, so he didn't. There may have been some things he wanted to change on defense, but why? His best asset to me, aside from the motivation factor, his guys love being with him, is that he's probably the smartest guy in every room he walks into. But he doesn't need to be the smartest guy in the room. He allowed Dick LeBeau to keep running the 3-4 instead of the 4-3 that he grew up coaching in Tampa and Minnesota. Mike Tomlin's assembled one of the best coaching staffs in the entire National Football League. He's excellent at hiring. He made John Mitchell the assistant coach when he arrived. He's got Todd Haley and Mike Munchak on his staff, both of whom were thought highly of, so much so that they were both head coaches. Bruce Arians left to become a head coach. Tomlin's loved by his players. He wins. He hires well. He's a great motivator. And y'all want to throw him out the door sometimes. Who would you rather have? Belichick? Okay. Who else? And I got a lot of traction on Twitter today. Some jabroni keeps coming after me because I have support of Mike Tomlin. And what's not to support? What's not to like? Yeah, he's lost some games to teams he probably shouldn't have lost to. The only team in the league that doesn't consistently stub their toe is the New England Patriots. And you know what? They stubbed their toe on Monday. People hate hearing this, but it happens. The best teams in the National Football League routinely go 13-3 and and 12-4, and which means you got to lose three or you got to lose four. There are years where 12-4 and gets you a, a playoff game at home. The number two seed. In fact, most years it does. You can lose four games. Would you rather them lose to the really good teams? I wouldn't. I'd rather beat those teams. That's how you win a championship. You know who's not going to be in the playoffs? The Dolphins. 
Who would you rather have? Because when the Steelers go to battle against the New England Patriots on Sunday, there's one coach that I'd want going up against Tom Brady. And I know that Mike Tomlin hasn't had success, but at some point I believe he's going to buck the trend because I believe in his abilities to coach this team. Who would you rather have? 412-922-2874. That's 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The reality is most other teams in the National Football League would sign up for what Tomlin's tenure has brought. In fact, the only team that wouldn't is the Patriots. If you don't like them, you sound spoiled. Or worse. What could I possibly be getting into there? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at Ah! underscore Adam Crowley. We are jam-freaking-packed today. Pretty much wall-to-wall Patriot-Steelers talk. We will talk to Jason Mackey at 520. He's out there in Vegas because Jim Rutherford said he might make major changes to the Penguins. That's something worth talking about. We got Merrill Hodge at 5, always opinionated. And we've got the official vampire of the Crowley Show, Tim Benz, joining me at 6. But up next, from the Post-Gazette, probably going to tell me how terrible of a coach Mike Tomlin is. He's Jerry Dulac. It's the Crowley Show. There's a dude named Nicholas who comes at me every day on Twitter to be critical of my praise of Mike Tomlin. He responds now saying, not everyone who critiques Tomlin wants him fired or thinks he's a terrible coach or whatever it is that you were getting at. It just means that they can have a rational take versus a hate take or, in your case, a love fest. Dude, I'm going to say this with all due respect. I deal with a lot more people every single day telling me how bad he is, and it's very very rarely rational. Halftime, Tomlin's an idiot. Fire Haley. Very rarely do I hear rational opinions on Twitter. Very rarely do you get rational callers when they want to discuss Mike Tomlin. It's always, this guy's terrible. He's always losing these bad teams. And okay, that is a critique. I said it the other day that Mike Tomlin should not have had the Steelers throwing the ball late in the game. They should have run the clock down as close as possible and kicked the field goal. That's a criticism. But when you globally look at what Mike Tomlin's done and you compare it to other coaches around the National Football League, I want him above anybody else not named Bill Belichick. And we'll talk about this later, too, because I'm going to get to Jerry Dulac here. But more times than not, you consider... A great coach, a great coach, if they've had a great quarterback. Look at through the annals of time. Look at what Bill Belichick was before Tom Brady. 5-11, 5-11, first year in New England, 5-11. You need good quarterbacks to have success. People always knock Mike Tom. Well, what would he do without Ben? What would anybody do without their franchise guy? Now I'm joined by Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network, proudly sponsored by Coors Light. Served at Carson City Saloon, Southside, featuring $5 Coors Lights for $11 during... Oh, boy. Starting over. Jerry Dulac, brought to us by Coors Light, proudly served at the Carson City Saloon, Southside, featuring five Coors Lights for $11 during all Steelers games. I'll do that at the end, too. Jerry, how are you? Well, Adam, I am fine. Two things. Uh, I was thinking it was 11 beers for $5. That would really <laughs> be a deal. And secondly, you know, they have a device on Twitter called Block, 
They do. And so when you, when you get morons like that, I take great pride in just going, block, boop. It's, it's like, it's like uh, metaphorically assassinating them. And <laughs> if I somehow take pleasure, pleasure in it. Jerry Dulac bringing the fire today on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jerry, when looking at this matchup and over the years, What's the biggest thing that's been in favor of the Patriots? I happen to just think it's the quarterback who's outstanding. I think Belichick's a great coach, but I think Tom Brady's the engine that makes those guys go. Yeah, there's no question. And I mean, I you know, you can I hate to say you could flip a coin between Belichick and Brady. And while he's a great coach, I had an old high school coach, one of the one of the greats of all time, Jimmy Russell, tell me once you can't be a you can't be a good painter without good paint. And and Tom Brady is certainly good paint, and he is the difference. And and what doesn't happen to me is they never disrupt him enough. You know, there's this notion out there, Adam, that um, you know that the way to beat them is at their own game is to outscore them. Uh, you know, in a shootout. Uh, you know, point for point. You know, I'm not talking about score. You know, scoring more points. Of course, you got to score more points to win. But I mean, when you go back in their most recent history. They don't lose 38, 30, uh, 39, 38 shootouts. They don't play. They, you know, when you beat the New England Patriots, and they've lost 17 times in the last five years, two of those were games where Brady played a half because they were at the end of the year. So you almost don't even want to count those because those were games where, the, you, know, the, you know, they were just getting ready for the postseason. So, but in those 17 games, the vast majority of the time, and by vast majority, I mean 15 out of the 17, uh, it, they win, they lose when they're held to like 23 points or fewer, and in some of those instances, fewer than 20 points. That's how you beat the New England Patriots. You beat them with a good defensive game plan, and it usually revolves around pressuring uh, uh, Tom Brady, making him move his feet, making him flinch, making him uncomfortable in the pocket, which is what Miami did to him uh, Monday night. Now, it's very simple to say that and sometimes difficult to do that, but that's the way you beat him. And, you, and, you know, I don't care you play zone coverage. I don't care if you play man coverage. If he has time to stand back there and wait for a bus like he did last January against the Steelers, I don't, he's going to pick you apart. You know, go ahead, play anything you want. So to me, uh, that is the key. Now, are the Steelers capable of getting in a you know 39-38 shootout with them and putting up those kind of points? Well, based on what we've seen the last four games and the fact that they're at home and with Ben Roethlisberger attacking the way he is, absolutely. But that's you know basically speaking, that's not the way to beat them. You just don't think we're going to go outscore them. No, no, you have to shut them down, and you better have a good defensive plan, and you better be able to pressure first and foremost, Tom Brady. Yeah, there's this notion, Jerry, that you got to play press. you, you got to disrupt these guys at the line, and I understand that. But watching back the AFC Championship game, uh, I noticed that the Steelers just didn't get pressure at all. You had the Javon Hargrave sack, but Brady was sitting back there patting the football. I don't care right. if you double every single receiver on the field. I don't care if they let you play with 22 guys out there. If Brady's got time, he's going to crush you every time. The question becomes then, Jerry, do the Steelers have the personnel? Do they have the ability to make him uncomfortable? Well, that's what's funny, Adam. You know, they they are second in the league in sacks. So, you know, looking at it from afar and just basically black and white, that would seem to indicate 
that they are a high-pressure sack team. Uh, the reality is they do not set the tempo or the pace of the game with pressure. Uh, and by that I mean if you look of their 41 sacks, only 13 have come in the first half. 28 have come after halftime. Now, with a winning team, chances are you're going to have more sacks in the second half because you're probably ahead and the other team's playing from behind. But in this case, they haven't always been ahead, as we've seen the last four games, uh, for the last five, excuse me. So, um, but when 28 of your 41 sacks are after halftime, you know, that would, you know, that would seem to indicate, I don't want to call them garbage, that a lot of time. And so I don't look at the Steelers as a team comes out and sets the tempo with their pressure. To me, that's what they have to do in this game. To me, this needs to be a big Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt game. Uh, you know, pressuring up the middle, requiring double teams, and then maybe, uh, or, or beating your one-on-ones. You know, um, I had a chance to talk to Rex Ryan today, who, ironically, you know, who, he's a, who he's a guy who even says, you know, hey, I'm probably not equipped to talk about this. I lost six out of seven times to him. But his <laughs> point was, you know, he, what he was saying is you got to, you know, maybe you got to isolate Cam, get Cam Hayward isolated on their left guard, Joe Tooney, or whatever the case may be, and, and take advantage of that. But to me, that's where this game's going to be won. And if they can't do that, then, you know, and he has time to throw, and it's going to be, it's going to be a tough out for him. It's going to be a tough out. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jerry, I know that you said that you can't outscore them in that sense, where it's 39-38. I think that Ben Roethlisberger does, of course, need to keep up his uh, current hot streak in order to beat these guys, though. And looking back through time, the one time that the Steelers did beat him uh, with Ben and Brady at the quarterback position, he threw it 50 times. Do you see them implementing that kind of game plan this week? Well, a couple things. I, I didn't say they can't outscore them. I just said it's unlikely okay. if you're going to win. They certainly are capable of doing that. I, you just, But what I'm saying is when the Patriots lose, it's typically not in a shootout. It's because a defense has, has done a really good job and shut them down. And in a lot of those instances, the opposing team, and I've gone back over the last five years and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but um, the opposing team has run, run for a lot of yards. That being said, uh, the way the Steelers have played the last four games, uh, Adam, Le'Veon Bell has carried 63 times. That's the fewest carries in a four-game span in his career. Ben Roethlisberger has thrown 196 times. Do the math. That's almost an average of 50 a game. That's the most of any four-game span in his career. That's the way they're playing, not necessarily by necessity, but by design. And, and so uh, they've been attacking with Ben Roethlisberger, and it's going to be, I think the Patriots have to have a different approach than they did last year in the AFC title game. Look at what Le'Veon Bell did the two previous games. What, 337 yards rushing in two games. Quite naturally, and that's, the way, that's what they were riding. Ben threw 18 passes in one game and 30 in the other. Well, he throws 48 in, in one game now. So, um, you know, it's, it's a different attack that the Steelers have, and the Patriots are going to have to try 
you know, a different approach, especially because the way the Steelers have been scoring the last four games. When looking at these Patriots, they do a really good job in the red zone. That's kind of a trademark of Bill Belichick. They've been bleeding yards other than that, though, and it seemed like they had righted the ship fully until they played Miami. Does that give you a little bit more hope if you're a Steelers fan that maybe they're not all the way fixed, Jerry? Yeah, I think, um, you know, now again, that was one game. Sure. Uh, when you look at their previous eight games during that eight-game winning streak, nobody scored more than 17, and they were allowing, I think the average was 11.8 points a game, under 12 a game. That's pretty darn good. They weren't allowing a lot of points. So, yeah, they were bending, but they weren't breaking, and they were, they were tough in the red zone. But, you know, they had a bad game. And that, that, you know, that, that is the anomaly. That is the exception. The, the norm has been how solid they have, have been. So you have to go by that. But certainly, um, you know, when you look at their rush defense, they've been giving up a lot of rushing yards. Um, and, and, you know, they're not a big sack team. I think if you look at the way the Steelers are playing, I think that's the key here. You know, they're not a team lo- uh, loaded with great talent on defense. Their back end is strong, absolutely. Um, but when you look at what the Steelers have been able to do the past four games, that's what should give uh, everybody hope. What's scaring everybody is what they saw last week from the defense. But, you know, Adam, look at the big games that they played this year. Minnesota, going to Baltimore where they hadn't won in five years. Uh, uh, Kansas City, who was unbeaten at the time. Tennessee. What did they have in all those games? Big defensive efforts, and in several of them, shut down, uh, uh, lockdown types of efforts from their defense. So they have shown that capability in big games, and they will come up with something special uh, for the Patriots. There's, there's no doubt about it. So, but I think that's what has everybody skittish is the last game that the, that they saw from the Steeler defense, and so you know you can look at that two ways and get hope from the last game the Patriots played. You know, how bad, uh, you know, Brady looked and that their defense was just average. You think Joe Hayden's going to play, Jerry? You know, I, um, I, I think Adam tomorrow will tell what happens with these types of when you have injuries such as he had, a fractured fibula. They, they put you back at practice the first week, and they see how you respond after several days of practice. He has been out on the practice field. Um, he looks good. But I think tomorrow, if he's out on that practice field um, uh, doing a lot of, uh, you know, the regular stuff, then he has a chance to play. Um, but I think tomorrow will be, will be more of a determining factor because yesterday was just such a, was such a light practice. It was like a walkthrough. <clears throat> they want to see uh, how his leg responds to several days of practice to make sure it's good because the last thing they want is a setback. Jerry, appreciate the time as always, man. Looking forward to this one on Sunday. Yeah, me too, Adam. It should, uh, it should be very good. This is the one everybody's been talking about since the schedule came out, and here I, here they are with everything it's, it's uh, you know everything at stake. I actually would have liked to have seen the the Dolphins be eleven and two, so they were both eleven and two. But it doesn't change what's at stake in this game, and uh, yeah, everybody's jacked, and rightfully so. Yes, sir. Thanks again, Jerry. All right, Adam. There he goes, Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network, proudly sponsored by Coors Light, which is served at the Carson City Saloon in the South Side, featuring five Coors Lights for $11 during all Steelers games. I understand what Jerry's saying there. You want it to be 11-2 versus 11-2, and and I've talked about this before on the show, but just to reiterate, if the Steelers win 
Patriots might not even get the two seed. So this game is huge. It is humongous big. 412-922-2874. I'm not a big believer in the quote-unquote legacy game. What does this game do for somebody's legacy? Because a game is just a game. A legacy is what you do over the course of the many games you play in a career. But if there's a legacy game for Ben Roethlisberger, I think this one's that. I'll explain next. It's the Crowley Show. You guys. You guys. I'm so happy right now. Steelers could lose by 100 on Sunday. I'm happy. And I care about my happiness more than anybody else's. My dude, Will Greer, Dub B, coming back, baby. They're going to win the Big 12. No Baker Mayfield. No Kenny Hill. No Mason Rudolph. You know who the best quarterback in the Big 12 is? Yeah, that's right. It's Will Greer. Uh, Kenny Pickett this. Kenny Pickett that. Ben DiNucci's transferring because he's scared of Kenny Pickett. Well, we got Will Greer coming back, baby. Brian's over there laughing at me. Just transparency here on the Adam Crowley Show. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You're in the interview with Jerry. You start jumping around like a madman. Like you're trying to high-five people. You don't know which way to go. You're looking at Joe. Me and Joe are so confused. Like, I really, I didn't know what to think. I thought maybe you won the lottery, something like that. You're jumping around like a madman. I come around as Will Greer. And within two minutes of going off the air, you had them not only winning the conference, I, I suspect you were on your way to them winning the national title. Nah, they're not winning the national championship, but they're going to go to the playoffs. That's only because I slowed your roll. But no, don't be transparent. you got to be transparent. You had them winning the conference. They're going to the conference championship for sure. For sure they're going to be there. they got the best quarterback. they got eight <laughs> returning starters on defense. They've got a wealth of talent on the offensive side. They're scoring 40 points a game. They're going to be excellent next year. See, you are, you're ready to go to the national championship level. You're not ready to stop there. They're winning it all. Yeah, there you They're going to win the whole damn thing. Yeah, no, it was coming. Whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> they're not only going to win the kit, they're going to win the damn caboodle. I've never seen you that excited, ever. The Pitt Panthers have pulled a stunning upset. Oh, that'll rain on your parade. It will not. Because next year is our first opportunity to go back to the promised land. And here's the real thing, though. Here's the real deal. You don't get this kind of generational player at West Virginia very often. You don't. Pat White was outstanding, obviously. Geno Smith was really good in college, but they didn't really do anything with him. They had a couple of nine-win seasons. Before that, they had Bulger, who was really good, but they didn't do much with him. They had Major Harris, who was great. But... Will Greer is a legitimate pro prospect. The NFL, this was just released, they do their draft grades so players can decide whether or not they should go to the draft or not. Second and third round grades for Will Greer. And that's before he wins the Heisman next year. Because he's winning the Heisman? They're going to the playoff? He is one of the top 15 contenders for the Heisman, though. Why not? Let's just throw in first pick in the NFL draft. Number one. Why not? As long as he's not going to Cleveland. (laughs) He'll become a doctor or something if the Browns have the first pick. Because, of course, Will Greer is smart enough to be a doctor. Or Will Greer is a genius. Have you seen his wife? Uh, yeah, I have. My seen, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that's a This guy's genius. football Jesus. 
He's football Jesus. Although the only thing he can't do is repair his almost severed finger in the middle of the Texas game. That's the only concern. You got to keep him healthy. Yeah, but it healed what? Like an hour after? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was done by that. But, but you didn't need him for the rest of the year. He's like, ah, we're going to load up for the national championship in 2018. They're going to be a top 20 team to come into the season. That much is for short. You guys. You are so You guys, excited. my pants are wet. You are so dude, you are I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm taking a picture right now to Did put I on cry? Facebook. Dude, you you're close. Like you're about to cry. I don't with know happiness. if I'm ever wearing a West Virginia hat again, but because nothing good has ever happened to me when I've worn my hat. It's like true. they always let me down. But I didn't wear the hat today. And they're getting greer back. Run around. I'm taking a picture to put on Facebook right now. Show, me, so show me that West Virginia smile. I'm so happy, baby. <laughs> it's uncomfortable happiness right now. His quote was, After much prayer and consultation with my family and coaches, I've decided to return to WVU for my senior season. That had to have been weird, right? Him getting on his knees and praying to himself? Ah, <sighs> First you beat Pitt, although it was too close for comfort. Now you get Will Greer back. Lock Dana up for the lifetime. Get that David Todd lookalike. A lifetime contract in WB. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I seriously suggest you call the show right now. Because whatever stupid opinion you want to throw at me, I'm not going to crush you for it. I'm just going to... I'm going to just... I don't know, man. I mean, I hug you through the phone. That is unless, of course, you call up and say, Will Greer is not the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus prays to Will. <laughs> no. I'm probably going to get in trouble for that one, right? Yeah. Some people are probably offended. At least we know Chuck Norris does. Good point by you. Thank you. I wonder if he's going to play the ball game. Can you hear me anymore? What happened? Oh, I unplugged myself. Dude, you got so excited oh that God. you unplugged your I microphone. I smacked the microphone off the... Oh, man. Off the plug. This is odd. This is odd Crowley right now. I'm a happy guy, typically. Uh, yeah, but like now it's like super happy. We've got uh, Merrill Hodge coming up at 5 o'clock to break down Steelers versus Patriots. This game for Ben Roethlisberger is a legacy game, and I hate that. I'm not your typical sports talk guy where I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, this one game will define his legacy, but this is a chance for Ben Roethlisberger to do something he's not done. It's a huge, huge game for Ben, mostly because he comes in hot AF, yo. I'm on another level right now. Ben's last four games... Ah! He's 131 out of 196, 67% completion percentage. It's not Will Greer, but it's pretty good. 12 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, 4 TDs, 1 INT the last 2 games. His quarterback rating the last 4 games, 102.5 DVE. His passer rating through the 5th game of the season was awful, 75.8, when he lost to Jacksonville through 5 interceptions. But over the last 8 games, it's been at 108 he had six touchdowns and seven interceptions through five games, but since then he's thrown 18 touchdowns and six interceptions. His yards per attempt has climbed from 6.51 to 
to 8.06. He's slanging it. He's playing damn good football right now. He needs to continue it in this game. If he plays a bad game, that's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth whenever he eventually calls it quits. And maybe that's putting too much into one game. I don't typically like to do that, but Ben's never really beaten the Patriots. He beat him his rookie year. Great. He lost to him in the game that mattered that same season. The last time they beat the Patriots, 2011, Ben played great. He out-Brady'd Brady. 33 of 50, 365. The dude was outstanding. But the Steelers finished 8-8 eight and eight that season. How about this? Prior to that, Steelers beat the Patriots, but without Tom Brady. Slamming them. But that doesn't really count. Don't care how well Ben plays. I mean, it's a nice win. It helped them secure that number two seed overall in the playoffs. They wound up playing the AFC Championship game at home. But it wasn't with Brady. He's 2-6 and all-time against New England. Now, frankly, he didn't get any help in the AFC Championship game last year. Any help at all. But he needs to put his team on his back this year. All the pressure, for me, needs to be on him. Shazier is hurt. Hayden may or may not play. If he does play, how good is he going to be? Mike Mitchell's banged up. Stephon Tuitt returned to practice, but he's banged up too. You need a vintage Ben Day. You need it. Need it. A few years back against the Colts, the Steelers knew their defense sucked. So they unleashed Ben, and he threw six touchdowns. Steelers won 51-35. to That's what they got to do this week. They have the ability to outscore New England, and Ben's got to play at that level again. And if he doesn't, it's a poor reflection on who he is as a quarterback to me. I know that's putting a lot into this one game, but it's a huge freaking game. Well, Crowley, the second one's more important. If you win this one, there might not be a second one. Go out there and put your freaking boot on the snake. Go get it, Ben. The defense isn't good enough to stop Tom Brady. They're not. All due respect to Jerry, their defense is not good enough to stop Brady. I'm sure there are going to be some wrinkles, but it's not. They stink right now defensively. Injuries have a lot to do with that. So it falls on one guy. It falls on one unit. It falls on the offense. Get it done. New England's defense isn't great. It's not even good. Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell are all more talented than any of the players on New England's defense. There's no excuse. Get it done. Light them up. And if you do and you lose, at least you unleashed your best player. At least you unleashed your strength. Get after it. And if you don't, if you lose to the Patriots, it's just more of the same. And I said before that there's no shame in losing to this team. There's not. But Ben's never beat them when it mattered before. Beat them now. It matters. Wouldn't that be nice? That when Ben retires, he can say he beat the freaking Patriots. He can't say that now. He's had these moments. I need him to have a moment against New England. He had one last year against Dallas. They didn't win the game, but he threw a touchdown on that fake spike. That was badass. He made the key play at the end of the Kansas City game in the playoffs last year. He was clutch in 2010 against the Jets and the Ravens. He was clutch in 08. Should have been the Super Bowl MVP, in my opinion. 
but it's time to put up in the only situation he never has put up in before. Beat the GDNE Patriots. Bastards. Beat them. I'm tired of losing to these guys. And the defense isn't going to stop them. They're not. We know that. Maybe the beginning of the year defense had a shot. They're not playing well right now. They're not going to stop Brady. Chuck it. Slang it. Let's go. Devin, first up today on the Crowley Show. Hello, Devin. How you doing, buddy? I'm fired up, man. What's on your mind? I I, I feel like a hypocrite. I got two things to say. I didn't even know there was a 500 left in bed. Me neither. I, I, but but here's my question for you, and then I'm going to just get off the phone. I want you to answer it. Have you noticed how much better he's played since Haley stopped his calling regular offense and they went to the no huddle? He's been he's been vintage Ben Roethlisberger, so I don't understand why that just isn't the plan moving forward. Uh, you can go ahead, brother. At home, that's going to be the plan. On the road, they don't feel comfortable doing it. And they've got some young pieces on that offense, too. Juju Smith-Schuster is a big component of the offense. They don't feel comfortable doing that stuff on the road. Maybe at this point now, next time they go on the road, they will. But they feel a lot more comfortable running that no huddle at home. And that is when Ben's at his best. There's no doubt about that. He's also at his best when he's using Le'Veon Bell in the passing game. 35 catches the last four weeks. Only had 40 the first nine weeks. The offense has picked up the last four weeks. There's no mystery in that. Ben's played within himself. He's taken what the defense has given him, and he's on fire. Ben's been playing better than Brady has these last two weeks. Now, recency bias, short. But these last couple of weeks, Ben Roethlisberger's been the better player. If you do it a third straight week, hello. Bow down to you, dude. And you're not a hypocrite for saying that you didn't think that Ben had it early in the season. I don't think Ben had the ability to throw for 500. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But he does, and that's why I was so critical, frankly, of him early in the season. If the offense wants to be great, he's got to be great. He's been great for the last five weeks or so. Be great again on Sunday. Don't have a setback. Chris tweets, New England's defense is half of what Baltimore's is, and they almost put up 40 on him. It's true. Now, Baltimore was missing their number one corner. New England's secondary is good. They don't get any pressure. They don't stop the run. Get it done. Legacy that she. Up next, this guy's got a legacy of his own. Merrill Hodge. Breaking down Pats and Stillers. It's Crowley Show.